It's a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, season three, Punk Rock collaboration with Alfonso Mendoza. I'm super excited. I've got a guest with me today. I've got Fonz from the My Ed Tech Life podcast. Great dude. We've been on his show. I'm super excited to have him here. Fonz, say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? I'm just excited to be here uh, with you, Josh. You know, it's been great to connect over this last season and doing a couple of shows together and, uh, you know, with Mike as well. And so I'm just excited to be now part of your show as a guest and just, uh, you know, just sharing, you know, so I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. You you know, Fonz, it is fantastic to be on your show. It was, it was, Awesome to be on your show. So we've been trying to we've been trying to work out a way to get you over on our show. We didn't do guests like the first half of the year. Now we're rolling with guests, and I am super stoked to have you here. Uh, Mike can't join us, but that's okay. He'd just hold us back anyways. Fun. So it's it's <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but. I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit about first and foremost, uh, Fonz. I'm going to have you like introduce yourself to our guests, uh, who you are, and what you do in education in schools. All right. So take it Perfect. away. Excellent. All right. So my name is Alfonso Mendoza, uh, but you can call me Fonz. Everybody knows me as Fonz. I am the host of the My EdTech Live podcast. And again, I'm also an instructional technologist for a local school district. I have been in education for 16 years total. 11 serving as a classroom teacher, five as an instructional technologist, all within the same school district. So it's just been exciting to see education and where it's going. And, you know, and right now the change in education landscape is something that is very interesting and see what the future will hold for us. I am a tech enthusiast. I am an AR, VR, or augmented reality, virtual reality, metaverse enthusiast as well, and always trying to stay ahead of uh, the latest trends and trying to make those connections uh, with education. Because for me, it's I always want to make sure that not only are my skills sharpened uh, to see what the to see where the future of learning is going to take us, but I want to make sure that our teachers and our students also are ready with some of those skill sets and start building them up for what we will see as the future of learning and the future of work. So again, uh, and also just a, an avid uh, music lover as well. So all good things. my friend. Right. I, you know, we do love music on this podcast. Uh, so, so Fonz, let's talk a little bit about before you got into the role of, you know, as an ed, you know, as an educational technologist working with teachers doing that, what were you teaching? What grades were you teaching? What was your subject or grade level? What were you doing before that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I always like to preface this to everybody. And I always like to share this. I never, ever wanted to be a teacher. Never. My goal was never to be a teacher. Even when I was in high school, I was like, man, who would want to do this job? Like, this is so ridiculous. Like the pay and and all the time and all of that. And so I went to school and I was like, yeah, I'm going to make big bucks. I'm going to make some money. So I went into business, uh, followed my passion in marketing and sales. And then uh, due to uh, family illness, my dad, you know, coming down with uh, an illness at the time, I just needed to tend to him and be more available. So I needed to find a job that would give me better hours and more time. And I said, well, let's jump into teaching. And I fell into teaching and I absolutely fell in love 
with teaching. I mean, it, it was, I didn't know that this is where I was meant to be. And had I known sooner, uh, I don't know, who knows, but whatever road it, you know, it took me to get here. Yeah. I'm glad that it brought me here uh, because uh, like I said, I started teaching in 2006 and I started teaching high school. I was a high school teacher, algebra teacher. And for those of you that, again, you just heard the story, I did not go through a traditional college of education. So I had to go through an alternative certification program. So due to the fact that I had accumulated enough credit hours for mathematics, yeah, they said, yeah. hey, you're our math teacher. I was like, okay. <laughs> so no teaching experience. Whatsoever. No, no instruction and in pedagogy. None of that. Just plop <laughs> you right in, right? <laughs> none of that. All it was is, I kid you not, uh, Josh, it was, they handed me, and I'm going to age myself, they handed me two three-inch, three-ring binders full of transparencies. Yeah. And that was it. They're like, here are your lessons. And at the time, the math program they were using, I guess it was a, a, a blessing in disguise because that one, it's like you just go through the book and it, it just spirals day in and day out. Yeah. And so it was fairly easy for me to transition. However, I, I was able to teach the subject matter, but now it's different because now I've got... 29, 30 kids in my classroom. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Well, that's where the marketing kicked in. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, I still attribute a lot of my success within the classroom to the marketing skills because it's all about number one, building relationships. Number two, I am selling algebra. Always be selling, man. Yes. Always. Yes. All the time. You're always selling yourself. So it's 30 different customers that all don't learn the same way. Yeah. But I have to sell the subject to them in a way where they're going to buy into it and really learn it. So I, for three years, I did high school math. And then after that, I transitioned to elementary. And that is where I totally like sharpened my skills, honed in my skills because in high school uh, we had block, we have block schedule. So I only see those kids for one semester and then that's it. It's like, they're gone. I don't see them again in elementary. I get to see them all year. So when I transitioned to elementary, I transitioned to a math teacher, but then now then added science to it. And then my last year there, I was doing science and social studies, uh, but like I said, I that's really where I, I honed in my teaching skills. And yeah. again, going back to the marketing and sales, it, it really helped out a lot. Yeah, I think I think that there's there's always that thing that you can tap into, right? Like for me, it was you know having been in in bands and stuff. It was like being on stage, right? Like that's really what it came down to. And I don't mean like and look at me thing, but like being able to play to an audience, right? Like you are literally an actor, a comedian, a salesman every single day when you're in the classroom, because look, I taught economics just like algebra two kids don't love being in your class when they walk in the door, right? Like they don't come in going like, yeah, algebra, right? Like they don't come skipping in ready to, ready to like dive into math with you. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know. Same thing with, you know, when I taught economics, so it all came down to like, how can I make economics seem less terrible? What can I do to make that happen with kids? And part of it, like you said, is that, is that relationship part, right? And understanding that you have to build relationships with every single kid who walks in your room, at least, at least a tiny one so that you can, you can kind of move them 
towards at least not hating what you're doing every day, right? If they if you can move them to like tolerating some some of the stuff you have to teach, you've made you've made a miracle happen in high school, I think sometimes. <laughs> so no, I, I absolutely agree. I, I agree with you 100 percent And going back to what you were saying as far as yeah. being in bands, I mean myself also being in bands and even you know now that I think about it being in elementary and doing a lot of school plays and things of that sort, you really are th- they're on the stage yeah. and you, like you said, you have to play all the parts and you have to entertain, you have to teach, you're selling, you're doing all of these things. And, you know, those experiences in our, in our past, you know, yeah. life per se as rock stars, you know, within, <laughs> our, within our scenes, you know, really yeah. help out a lot. <laughs> it does. I mean, you find those things to tap into and bring it. So what made you take the leap from that elementary educator um, you know, with a non-traditional background, I also didn't want to be a teacher that was not in the cards for me. Uh, so I understand that for sure. Like I understand the idea of like, well, I didn't, I didn't really want to do that, but it was kind of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Right. Um, but what made you make the leap from that into instructional technology stuff? Like what got you? Cause I mean, that's a, that's a niche, right. You know, like what got you into that role? All right. So again, going back to moving to elementary, my first year there, sixth grade, we had um, a cow. I guess that's what we call it. Computers on wheels. It's a cart, but this is like one of the first type of carts. And it really did look like a cow. I'm not even kidding you, Josh. I mean, this thing was as long as a cow would be. And I ground where they had like little mini Dell Chromebooks at the time or, you know, and, and it was like the hottest thing at that time. And but it was just parked there. Nobody would use it. And anything. I said, you know what? Like, I want to use it. I want to try and mess around with it and play around and see like what students can do. And yeah, honestly, a lot of this, the, the what led me to this role is just a lot of experimenting, taking risks and having fun with the kids, learning together with them. So it was more of for me that outside in approach. Uh, as as far as teaching my students and yeah. really just helping them draw out their prior knowledge and just applying it to a different a different way, like instead of writing on paper, let's substitute this and let's do some typing skills, or instead of you know the traditional poster boards and the yeah. trifolds, hey, let's start using Google Slides so we can create those presentations and so on. So then, the more that I saw that the kids were able to do this, and just with me just teaching them very little the community that we built within our classroom, they were helping each other. They were self-directed. And I always tell people by the end of the day, I look like the expert because of everything I learned from my kids throughout the day. So this went on for about four years there in that school, five years there in that school where I transitioned from sixth grade to fifth grade, but always implementing the technology and also being a connected educator helped Twitter, following people on Instagram, social media. And just like I said, taking risks and then putting my, uh, well, the kids work out there really helped out a lot and caught some attention from, you know, the people there in our district, our CTO, and even our, my principal and everything that when um, the position, there was a possibility for a position to be open. uh, My principal said, Hey, you should go and apply. And I was like, really, you really think so? Like, I, I mean, that's, that's not what I went to school for. I'm like, no, no, you should really try and apply. You're really good at it. And yeah. I applied and got the interview and landed the job. And now I get to work with teachers and always, I can, my job 
is so much fun because like I mentioned to you earlier, I always have to stay on top of the trends. So yeah. I'm always looking and being that detective to see, find that right tool that's going to actually, I'm going to, I'm going to take that back. That right instrument to help our teachers be able to enhance their learning. Um, and I'll tell you a little story about that in a little bit. <laughs> we have time. Why I say instrument instead of tool now. Yeah. So I, you, you make this, you make this jump. And so now you're in this role. And I, I think what I want to, what I want to kind of talk about for a little bit is this idea of like, so you're in this role, you you're helping teachers integrate technology. And I think part of that really comes down to having been a classroom teacher for such a long time. And I think just the nature of being a teacher sometimes is we get in our silo of our classroom. We get comfortable because the job is hard. And so you find your path that you can go, okay, I'm going to do it this way because this way worked really well. And this is what I'm going to do. And we get comfortable in that rut, if you will. And I know rut may have a negative connotation, but it it, it can get negative because you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. You have to come in as a, as a tech person, as a tech coach or whatever, every other district calls the job that you have, right? Like we have ed tech coaches who have, uh, they work on, I don't know, five campuses, right? And they float campus to campus. We have, uh, you know, district tech people who, you know, do the big district stuff. I'm in a giant school district. So we have a lot of people in those different roles, but your job is to come in and sort of get people out of that comfort zone and get them to try something new. So how do you, how do you do that? Like, what do you think is key to helping teachers? Let's say someone's listening right now and they are in that cycle of this is how I do it. You know, it's really easy. I've always had, I was the teacher, me, myself, who had the, uh, I had butcher paper in my room. I bought the deli thing. So I, I had like the mini roll of butcher paper. I could just I would wheel every year. I bought a new roll of butcher paper and I had my cutter and I just, that's what I did, right? Markers and butcher paper was my go-to for a long time. How do you shock my system or another teacher system to get them out of comfort to have them try something different? You know, that's a great question. And number one, it always goes back to relationships, establish relationships, get to know your teachers first, kind of figure out their learning styles and see what they like and, and kind of meet them along those lines. But, you know, one of the things that even I have learned is to not just start pushing the tech right in their faces and say, look, do this, do this, do this. Because like you said, it it can be a shock and immediately you may get resistance, but it may be resistance just because number one, you haven't established that relationship, that rapport. Number two is that psychological safety is so important because teachers, we put so much pressure on ourselves that if we try something and take a risk and we fail, we just like it obliterates us like it ruins us for the day because we're, we're scared of failure. I mean, so and everybody's scared of failure. So uh, being able to establish that psychological safety and saying, hey, it's OK, look, if you try it and if it doesn't work out, it's OK, don't worry. You know, we're here. I'm here. We'll walk you through this. If you need me to be here with you, I will gladly be here with you and just making them feel comfortable. But it, you can start on paper, you know, that as many teachers, like you said, like if, if I was to go into your classroom and say, all right, Mr. Buckley, you know what? I, I want to share something with you. I know that you are used to using your rolls or butcher paper with markers and the kids are hands-on and they're creating. But Mr. Buckley, let me ask you something. Would I be able to, as a student, 
do you think that I'm going to keep my piece of butcher paper and it's something that I would be able to keep as an artifact that I can show later on if it was an important project? Would I be able to do that and know full well that it's not going to end up in the bottom abyss of my backpack? And then I kind of get your attention there and yeah. say, okay, look, I just want to share something with you. How about we try doing a digital uh, you know, component to this. Think of it as a digital never-ending butcher paper. So now the students, instead of getting messy with markers or getting your desks messy with markers, or you're seeing butcher paper thrown everywhere and all around, the students can create a digital artifact that will still give you the results that you want. However, they're able to keep it in a digital portfolio that they can take with them from here on out and maybe even use it in a future project when they get to university. So you just kind of play out the scene again, that salesmanship, you know, you're, <laughs> it you're is, just, it is salesmanship. Yeah. You're, you're finding that thing. And it really comes down to, I think that you did it right there. You found that thing and it made me go like, Oh, I never thought about, cause I always used. So for me, I use that butcher paper as a reinforce what we just talked about. Right. So, okay. Get together, brainstorm this. Let's reinforce this, what it was. Okay. You read this, put your ideas down and share it. And you just said something that was really important. What happens with it after that? Like as a student, you've shown me your learning, but are you going to remember what you and your teammates put on that butcher paper? Unless I make you to take a picture of it and go put it in your drive somewhere like that. It's the same thing. I, that right there made me go, oh, I can use this for something different. Yeah. This could be something that we can come back to. And in my head, I never thought about the butcher. It was never something that I would use to come back to, right? It was this snapshot of what we just learned, but you can continually use it to reinvent. There you went, man. You just sold me. You sold me <laughs> funds on, on going digital. So, okay. So it comes down to building those relationships. Are you on one campus or are you on several campuses? What does it look like? For you? Uh, okay. For our, for myself, it was up until this year, I was the only one for 14 campuses. That's okay. eight elementaries, two middle schools, two high schools, and one alternative education center. Uh, but this year they, they, I have a colleague now. So we're teaming up and that definitely uh, lessens the workload per se. And and we're able to hit more areas, more yeah. campuses a lot yeah. quicker. So, yeah, I mean, we're a relatively small district compared to others. So 14 schools total. Yeah, we've got, I've got 83, I think we're at 83 schools. Wow. So it's, it's a big district. We have 50 some elementary schools just in just in my district. Right. So it's a it's a big district. And so I think like as you're coming in, you talked about this. Where are you look as a teacher? Let's say I want to find new tech stuff. I don't have. Uh, and Alfonso in my, on my campus, in my district, or if I do, they have 14 schools. So I don't see them very often. Where should I go to maybe find some of those instruments to help me do that? Tell me that. And then tell me why an instrument, not a tool. Okay, perfect. So for any teacher, I definitely recommend social media. Now, again, going back to that component of teachers may not feel comfortable with social media. It's okay. You can get on Twitter and you can, if you don't just start an account, but you don't even have to follow anybody. You can just kind of lurk. And what I recommend is just find some education hashtags or find some people, maybe talk to your neighbors, your colleagues, they've gone to conferences, or even just reach out to your Alfonso one time and say, look, 
you know, I know you're very busy, but I want to do just a little bit, be proactive. Where can I find some resources, maybe the latest and greatest things, you know, aside from our, our district website or things that you've shared with me, how can I get connected? How can I stay abreast of everything? Yeah. And for me, what did it the most was Twitter. Twitter on there, connecting with other educators and just using the hashtag. So if you're economics teacher, like hashtag economics or hashtag uh, maybe eco chat or eco K-12 or, you know, you can find different hashtags for reading, hashtag reading. You'll find anything and all things. And then all of a sudden you'll start seeing platforms come up and you start seeing, you know, people that you'll start following. You might even be surprised that people from your own district are very connected educators. And that's another way that you can collaborate with educators. Let's say if you're on one of the North side schools, you can collaborate with somebody on an East side school, on a West side school, on a South side school, and you can start making those connections and seeing what is out there. And I love that you build that collaboration within your district. And then you see those pockets of teachers really connecting. And then all of a sudden, you know, that starts spreading and then they start becoming slowly those subject matter experts and those go-to teachers as well that can help other teachers on campuses. And that's a lot of the times, a lot of the things that I have to rely on because it's only two of us is those small pockets of innovators within those campuses and early adopters to start, you know, themselves being seen as those, that extension of central office or that extension of the, the tech department. So, okay. So we connect really important to build that. Is there a certain, um, what's one tech tool that every teacher should have on their tool belt? What's that? And I just said tool again. What's that? <laughs> it's what's right. that? We'll yeah. What's, we'll what's that tell instrument. me, tell me what that instrument is that, that you think, okay, you're a teacher. This is the thing that you should know and you should be able to use with your kids. Okay. My number one go-to tool is an instrument called Kami. I started using Kami back in, you know, geez, maybe about six years ago. I was still in the classroom. I think it was my second to the last year in the classroom. So that's seven years ago that I started using Kami. So for those of you listening and you didn't think that Kami was around that long, oh, it's been around (laughs) for a while, but now it's just been an amazing uh, platform to use. So for any teacher, I recommend this because this is not just for, oh, this is for virtual learning. No, this is for your classroom. If your students are one-to-one, where a lot of uh, school districts now are one-to-one because they had to purchase Chromebooks for those connections and so on. Kami is a tool that will allow you to take any document, any PDF, and can make it can allow you to, as a teacher, annotate live, um, you know, in the classroom, you can share the file with your students and your students, and you can all be on the same file working together, annotating. There's a couple of other tools or instruments that are in there within Cami that a lot of teachers often underutilize, which are the voice notes. So let's say that Mr. Buckley is teaching economics and there's a very important paragraph on a PDF that he really wants the students uh, to, or to highlight to the students. Well, Mr. Buckley can go and highlight that paragraph 
add a voice note and let the students say, hey, guys, I just want to let you know this paragraph is very important. This is what you see here, what supply and demand means. Keep this in mind because you may see this on your quiz this coming Friday, wink, wink. So you can add voice notes. However, you can also add video notes. And so as you are reading your PDF, you can make some annotations or bring in different examples because it's going to capture what's on your screen. So for me, Cami has been a one-stop shop for 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 pretty much uh, my favorite platform for teaching, whether it's virtual or whether it's live and in person with the Chromebooks. Again, it's just that substitution. And there's a time and a place for all of these instruments. I'm not telling you teachers get away from paper. Paper is necessary. Students all still need to write, you know, and, uh, you know, penmanship and all of that good stuff. But this right here will definitely be a game changer. And you know what, Josh, what I'm going to do for you and your audience is I'm going to make sure and give you my Cami Hero code that maybe you can add to your show notes where every person that signs up with this Cami Hero code, if your district does not have Cami, it'll afford you as a teacher 90 days of Cami Premium for free that you can go ahead and use for your classes and with your kids. So you'll have those licenses for at least from now, possibly till the end of the year since we're doing yeah. March. Yeah. So at least it'll give you a nice trial and then you can go ahead and share it maybe with your admin if it's something that you really enjoy. I don't get paid by them at all whatsoever, <laughs> you know, but it's just, I really don't. It's just a great tool and uh, they've afforded me this because I'm a power user. So I'm able to share the the goods with you all. That's, that's awesome. I have a teacher who's jumped over to Cami this year because uh, her dot cam just wouldn't do what she wanted it to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she was really frustrated. They, they put TVs in our classrooms, right? So they got rid of our projectors and went to televisions. And when they got rid of our projectors, Uh, that meant connecting our, um, our dot cams because became that much harder. You had to connect them into your computer, which meant you couldn't connect them that you couldn't use your computer and your projector at the same time. It kind of messed you know, it messed everything up. And so she just got really frustrated with it. And I said, here's something that I don't know a whole lot about, but I've heard that it's, it's good. Go check out Cami. You can, you can edit PDFs. You can do all sorts of stuff on it. Cause for me, my original thing was try OneNote Cause I had used OneNote before. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, there's just too much to do with OneNote. Like it seems too complicated to set up your kids in your notebook with you and all those things. I said, okay, here's one that I've heard that works. Check it out. And she uses it all the time. Now, every time I go into her class, like when she's doing math, if she does the cami, she's doing the problems on there with the kids and they're all able to see it. And she's able to write and annotate right on it. And she, she loves that. So, all right. So Fonz, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what we can't, we can't get out of here until we start talking about your podcast. So share with us a little bit about my ed tech life. What's it about? What do you do with it? Where, you know, what, what is my ed tech life? All right. Perfect. Thank you for asking. So my tech life is a podcast that started on April 10th, 2020, you know, pretty much it's like right after everything (laughs) started shutting down. Yeah. So I took to the air, just taking a risk and putting myself out there. And the goal was really to bring in, you know, subject matter experts that are going to come in and 
really start like maybe helping teachers and providing tools and really like or instruments, I should say, <laughs> providing methodologies and things of, you know, what to do in the classroom during yeah. the remote instruction. But it really turned into something more than that. I, I figured, you know, there are already many people that are doing this and a lot of information that is out there. So what I really kind of started changing the program to is to hearing the teacher stories, amplifying their voice, giving them a space where they can share what they're going through during pandemic. And, you know, and even within that, it was so organic that they would even share, well, this is what I do. These are some of the the practices that I use and so on. And then I just started kind of just changing that where I found myself in for a while being like, I, I really don't have an identity here in the podcast space because at least all of my friends like yourself and Chris Nessie and, you know, all other podcasters that we're, we're friends with, it, it was a very, you know, distinct niche of, well, I'm only going to talk ed tech, you know, and then others are, well, I'm going to talk instructional practice. And I was like, well, I'm neither here nor there, which is where I often find myself being kind of a little bit of an outlier, but that's, that's the punk rock lifestyle, right? You know, being right. A little bit of an outlier sometimes. And I, and then I was really honestly thinking about quitting, like probably after seven episodes, eight episodes, because I was like, I don't fit in anywhere. But then in my mind, I started thinking, you know, I don't care if it seems like it's a talk show. I want to amplify you know, people's voices, because oftentimes they're never given a platform or an opportunity to share. And so what I started doing is I was starting to connect again, connecting on Twitter and seeing people post things. And, and oftentimes it's like, Hey, you don't have a lot of big names on your podcast. I said, you're right. I don't, because I'm always looking for those that are up and coming that are that in, you know, educators that are seeing, that are doing things differently. And I just want to give them a voice and say, Hey, you know what? I appreciate what you're doing. Can you share some of that? And then they just come on and they share. And then all of a sudden I see them on other podcasts and then I see them everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, that's great. You know, that's what it's all about building yeah. up our community. It's like, you're building up the scene. You're helping other bands. Like, you know, you're the headliner. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey guys, you guys want to open up for us or, you know what, we'll, we'll let you, you know, be right before us. And just to, so people, there's a bigger crowd there, they get to see you. And then you start building up your own audience and things of that sort. So it's really about connecting educators and creators one show at a time. That's really my mission, my vision, and my passion is to connect, but also to allow my guests to amplify their voice, amplify their creativity, and just share the great stuff that they're doing. And I'm always intrigued by their origin stories. You know, mm -hmm. I, I always ask, where did you come from? Why did you want to pursue education? What was that defining moment that you said, yes, this is what I want to do as a teacher? Was it because of family? Was it, you know, a fork in the road moment where yeah. you just said, well, yeah. I just had to find another career and things of that sort. And just to be open and honest. And you know what? I, I've had great feedback, um, lots of great comments and just some amazing guests that after a while people were, you know, contacting me to say, hey, can we be on your show? And I was like, okay. Like it, it was so weird because before it was, I was just looking for people. And so I, I did take a break from December. I think December 21st was the last show that I did. I hit 102 episodes at that time. 
Mm-hmm. And so now it took a break, but man, I'm ready to be back. I, you know, have taken some time to dive into other personal projects and just to continue to grow more personally and professionally, but I am ready to come back. So I'll be coming back. Um, I'm not sure when this show will air, but it'll be uh, the third, I guess by the, it'll be the third week in uh, March that uh, I'll be coming back and getting some guests on. I've been working on production, buying some more equipment and really trying to up the, the streaming. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, rebranding. I did do a rebrand also as well. So I'm excited to share that, but the show is going to be the same. It's the same concept. And, you know, anybody out there listening that has, uh, you know, listened to the show or if you haven't check it out at my tech.life. And if you're ever interested on in being a guest, please feel free to DM me. Like, you know, I have an open, you know, <laughs> policy. So don't, don't be scared to throw yourself out there. If you're looking for a place to share your stuff for your ideas, feel free to reach out. I'll definitely give you a space. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I really, you did say, you know, like, you know, it really feels like a talk show and it does having been on your show, having listened to your show, it very much has talk show vibes, but I don't mean that. I mean that in a, in a really positive way. It's a, it's a great experience. I think you host a really good show and it's, it's a unique platform because you're live streaming it because you've got people can comment and add questions in while you're doing the show. I think all that's very cool and very fun. I've been a part of that before. Uh, and it's, it's, it was a, it was a blast beyond there. So I would tell anybody who's listening, go check it out, go watch watch, go watch it on YouTube, right? Like that's, that's where I would say to go check it out. So you get the full experience of, you know, the intro video and the conversation and seeing the interactions and all of that, you know, we're, we're old school podcast at, at punk rock classrooms. And we're like, Oh man, tech, right. Cause you're the tech guy. Of course you're going to, of course you're going to have all the cool stuff. Uh, and me, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm, we're going to record some audio. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, Fonz, I appreciate you being here. I, I appreciate you sharing all of that with me and, and kind of talking about, you know, the idea of having to build relationships with folks, uh, all of those different things to make that happen uh, in order to connect with people to sort of you know, get them to dive into trying those new things as an educator in the tech space. So before we go, I, I, we ask, we ask guests all the time, I got to know Fonz, what have you been listening to? Wouldn't be the punk you know podcast if I didn't ask. Okay, so this is what I was gonna do, and I, I, I'm I'm just gonna put you on the spot yeah. right now because I was gonna ask you because I know you, you guys always do like the the intros and you put in a snippet yeah. and everything. So I wanted to request if you could for my for this show that I'm doing the appearance on, if you can pop in some brand new, because I went back to 2003 <laughs> and my favorite brand new song, people are probably gonna be like, Oh my gosh, this guy's a 2003 kid. But man, I, I went back this week and started listening to that. So it's brand new. The quiet things that no one's that no one, uh, what is it? The quiet things that no one's ever heard. Yeah. I think that was it. And, uh, but man, I, that took me back. So right now I've been listening to that album again and, kind of taking myself back to 2003 <laughs> and just kind of remembering those times. A little, like, little Deja and Tendu. Deja and Tendu. Yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> my, my album was that first one. My brand new album is Your Favorite Weapon. That's a that's like, uh, there's that Jude Law in a semester at sea, a semester yes. at sea or abroad. That is such a good song. I appreciate, I appreciate the 2003 punk rock. That's always, that's always good, man. Thank you for checking. Thank you for sharing what you've been listening to. Where can everybody find you? I mean, you told us uh, yeah. my ed tech life, uh, my ed tech dot life. 
yeah, myedtech.life or any anywhere on social media, just at myedtechlife, Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook, uh, Twitter. So it's just at myedtechlife uh, on those social medias. And then the website is uh, myedtech.life, myedtech.life. Alfonso, I appreciate you being on. It's, it's been great to have you here. Uh, and you know what, everybody? We'll see you at the show. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.